Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week, we have Jay Stulo. Jay has been playing, fronting, and leading blues bands since the late 80s. He has toured the nation several times and has released five CDs. Jay first picked up his guitar at age 14, learning some basic chords from his father, who was an early rockabilly guitarist. He joined his first working bar band, Gypsy Rose, at the age of 17. He hit the road early with blues legend Uther Allison, then later with James Solberg. Jay co-founded The Mighty Aces in 1996 and toured full-time for a decade leading the Jay Stulo Band. After taking some time away from music in 06, Jay picked up his guitar and returned to the stage in 16. It did not take long to get back on top of his game, first as part of the West Coast-style Jay Edward Band and now leading an all-new Jay Stulo Band. Influenced by multiple genres, Jay is not a traditional blues artist by any means. This is not your grandfather's blues. Versatile, high-energy guitar, pyrotechnics, rock-tinge hooks, and gut-bucket vocals make for a show to remember. He has an album that came out recently called Hold My Horses, and we're going to hear that song later on in the episode along with another song called Emperor's New Clothes. So let's get right into the conversation with Jay Stulo. Welcome to Wisconsin Music Podcast. We have Jay Stulo. Did I say that correctly? Yes, Stulo. Stulo. So why don't we hear your origins, your music origin story? How did you get started in the music and kind of like the path you've kind of created for yourself up to kind of today? Sure. Um, so like a lot of musicians, it's sort of a family tradition. Uh, my father was a guitar player. And in bands in the late 50s, early 60s in the Racine area. Um, my brother plays guitar. My sister's a singer. I've got uncles who play guitar. So all the family reunions, you know, we'd gather around the fire and eat food and play music. So it's always sort of part of, you know, the, 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 the family. So that really probably sparked an early interest. And uh, I was a, a teenager in the 80s, right? So it was all the the hair band stuff. And there were a lot of guitar players that were interesting. So uh, my dad agreed to teach me to play guitar on the one condition that I wouldn't try to make a living at it, uh, which is, you know, pretty sound advice. I didn't take it, um, you know, but yeah, he, he got me started. And so uh, my father was blind. Um, so we had some, you know, some, difficulties in, in him relating some of the ways he thought about guitar and how he organized it in his mind because it wasn't visual and I'm a very visual person. And the style he played was, you know, today we would call it like rockabilly, but back then um, he thought of it as, you know, 
a different type of country music. Yeah. And at that point in the eighties, I had absolutely no interest in learning any of that. And, you know, now I love that stuff, you know, and I, I grew to, to love it quite a, a bit later. And unfortunately, by that point, arthritis had progressed and he couldn't play anymore. So some of that stuff was lost. But yeah, that's really, you know, how I kind of got started. I was a slow learner for the first year. Uh, very, my father was very patient. But then I progressed pretty quickly after that and started playing in bands uh, when I was 16 or so. And uh, yeah, I uh, attempted to do it professionally, uh, touring with a number of blues acts um, in the early 90s and, you know, came away with a lot of great stories and some great experiences and some great life lessons. Um, but it wasn't, you know, wasn't fiscally sound, <laughs> you were to say. Yeah. And um, so... What do you do now for music? Is it just playing locally or are you being a studio musician? Kind of tell us what you're up to today. Sure. So a little bit of, of all of that. Um, I don't play nearly as much as I used to. Of course, that's the case with all of us, you know, in, in the current state of the plague that we live in. Yeah. Um, and I'm at the point now I'm, I'm lucky that I don't have to take gigs to make a living. So it allows me to be a little more choosy. So we'll still do uh, out-of-state gigs, but it's the ones that are really fun and, and, and make it worth it. So there's a blues club in Indiana that we just played at uh, called the Slippery Noodle. Uh, and that has been there, oh, gosh, for as long as I can remember. I started playing there in 95, and it's, it's a great club. And so we'll go play there. Um, occasionally we'll play Minneapolis. And then there's a handful of things we'll do within the state. And, you know, then the summer season when there's blues festivals and whatnot, we tend to play some of those. But I also still, I play with this classic rock band that I had all the way back in high school. And we still get together a few times a year and play just for fun. And then I play, and this is a strange one. I play with a crazy polka band. Oh, okay. All right, so here's a blues guy playing with a polka band. Um it's the Happy Schnapps combo. They're most probably well known for the Bears Still Suck. <laughs> they're the band behind that song. And it's just a lot of fun to play. I mean, it's sort of like if Frank Zappa were to start a polka band, right? It, okay. Music is ridiculously complex and it's funny and it's, it's a good time. Excellent. So, Excellent. yeah, between all that and, you know, what I do for a day job, I, I definitely keep pretty busy. Yeah. Um, the, the social media stuff I do, the YouTube stuff, um, and then, you know, uh, some studio stuff that I do from time to time, which these days, it's pretty nice. I've got a home set up, so I do a lot of tracks for other people right here at my house and just fly them over to them. So Yeah, it seems, you know, especially with the, the pandemic, the plague, whatever you want to call it, um, a lot of uh, private studios have started popping up just either for personal use or even to, you know, help you know, other musicians out as well. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the album that I released uh, last year, so February yeah, 2020. Like, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, it actually started as um, I was stuck in my basement, you know, during the pandemic. Um, and there's an old Rolling Stones song called Ventilator Blues. And, you know, everyone was on a ventilator that was sort of early in the pandemic. So mm -hmm. I thought, well, 
this this is kind of topical. So I just recorded a cover of that down in the basement, and it ended. It turned out so well that I thought oh, maybe I'll do another one. And then I did another song, and I realized, oh, I could probably do an entire album this way. And I ended up doing that. Um, I had a lot of fun with it, and. I, I tracked some of the tracks like while I was broadcasting live on Facebook or YouTube, which was a little unnerving. Yeah. Right? But for most of the album, it was the most relaxed by far I've ever been because there was no one to perform for. So I could just sort of relax and, and take my time and be patient. And uh, I had a great time with it. Cool. So why don't we give a little bit more detail, kind of like give us your process from um right you know how you approach writing you know is it melody first or words first or you do you know do you both you know kind of give us you know a lot of that information on how your process goes sure um it's it's it varies so sometimes i'll just hear a melody in my head or i'll hear a structure of something in my head um usually it's accompanied by words that make no sense <laughs> uh it's just about syllables and sounds yeah um, and then i'll I'll sort of work from that as a basis sometimes an idea like that can sit in the back burner for years before it actually comes to you know it's its completion mm -hmm. other times songs just it felt they feel like they just fall out of your head and and boom they're they're nearly done yeah so I, I usually start with the guitar because I'm a guitarist and that's you know it's how I start working the songs. What is interesting about the approach that I used on the, the last record was it was just me here um, and I'm not a drummer. So I played along with, you know, basic uh, bed drum tracks. And then um, while I probably could figure out how to program the drums, I'm a computer programmer in my yeah. job. So okay. I could probably figure that out. I just didn't want to go that approach. So I ended up, uh, using drum samples that were triggered by me playing a bucket. <laughs> awesome. So I would, I would do the kick drum, then I would do the snare. Um, and you kind of approach it that way, which is, is cool that you have technology that can, you know, you can use any sort of thing you want now to trigger yeah. things. And for the most part, it turned out, you know, it turned out pretty nice. Um, most people, you know, can't really tell that it, there's not a drummer there. My drummer friends, of course, don't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Understandable. Right, yeah, right. you and your bucket. That's nice. <laughs> awesome. So what's the instrumentation? Is it just guitar? Is it like a power trio kind of thing? Or is there added instruments on top of it? Um. Well, so that's when we go out and do live shows, it's a trio thing now. It had been a four-piece band where we had two guitars, bass, and drums. And... um the bass player that we primarily use is busy with a bunch of things. And because we don't play as often as some of the others, you know, I couldn't really, you know, give him a commitment to a certain number of gigs. Yeah. So the other guitar player, uh, Tom Thiel, who is an excellent uh, musician, excellent guitar player, excellent songwriter. Uh, in fact, he's a whammy award winner for songwriter of the year from two years ago. Oh, cool. Um, so he was playing guitar uh, in the band and he actually switched over to play bass. So uh, Tom Hansen is the drummer in the group. He's uh, he's been on the music scene in the Fox Valley all the way since the sixties. And okay. 
great blues drummer, great guy. So it's me and and the two Toms, so Jay and the Tom Toms, we should call ourselves. Uh, <laughs> um, and we actually have found that you can do some things that just seem a lot more organic with a trio. Some of the, the dynamics, you know, you can take a song places easier with three people going in the same direction spontaneously than perhaps okay. four. Okay. And there's, you know, there's a lot of work that I have to do now as the only, you know, guitar, the only right, instrument right. that's playing chords, which can be challenging a little bit, especially when you're singing, but I'm up to the challenge. It's a lot of fun. Uh, what would you like compare yourselves with um, like other groups that people might know, or is it something that you feel is like more originally organic style? Yeah, it's interesting because it's a product of, of different influences. So, you know, there's a, a very strong blues base. Um, it's funny. I often over the years have fallen into that, that category where the blues purists don't like me uh, mm -hmm. because I'm too rock right. and the rock folks think, well, that's too blues. You know, you, you kind of <laughs> fall in between. Um, you know, I like things like Government Mule as much as I like B.B. King. Gotcha. So there's a little bit of that spirit in there, um, you know, and, and we're not afraid to drop in some rock covers in the middle, you know, uh, of a blues show. Um, you know, I, I will pull out some old stone songs or things like that from time and time because, you know, they really got all their stuff from the blues anyway. So yeah. sort of just taking what they did and giving it back. But um, the other thing that, you know, is, I guess, perhaps unique is I primarily play slide guitar. Um, that hasn't always been the case. I've typically, I've played a lot of slide guitar, but it was in the spring of 2020 that I decided I was going to go ahead and commit to only playing slide guitar. Okay. So I did a couple of radical things. Um, so I switched to, I'm going to use like an open tuning uh, and I, decided that I was going to play everything in that open tuning. So I had to relearn every song that I ever knew. Wow. Because um, the tuning changed. Yeah. And when I play slide, I don't use a pick. So I was, okay, I'm relearning all my songs. I'm not going to use a pick on anything. And I'm just going to play straight into my amp with no pedals. So I guess if you're going to throw yourself off a cliff, throw yourself off a really high cliff. <laughs> um, and that was, it was, it was probably you know, the best decision I ever made to do that because it really inspired me to play music in a different way. I, cause I had to relearn everything and it's yeah. sort of like starting fresh, mm -hmm. which sometimes if you want to you know, be innovative or, or think outside of the box, if you put yourself in a different box, you right, know, that right. can really right. help you get there. And so that's, that's what I did which for the blues stuff, it wasn't tremendously difficult to switch over to that. For the polka thing, it was really hard. Oh yeah, uh, that, I didn't yeah. even think of that. Wow, yeah. yeah. Those, those songs, uh, you know, with that particular band, some of the songs switch keys three, four times in a song, the transitions are, are difficult. So oh. I had to really become comfortable playing an, an open E tuning in every single key. Yeah. Uh, and and polka music and, and you know that kind of stuff is primarily very major key. You can't do any bluesy kind of stuff. So yeah, it really took me out of my comfort zone. 
really forced you to relearn the fretboard a lot of it. It, it did. Um, you know, and, and like I said, I'm a very visual person. So all of my grids and boxes have shifted. So I've had to reimagine and restructure all of that in my head. Uh, I'm currently launching uh, uh, a slide guitar tutorial, I guess you could call it tutorial series on YouTube um, through a guitar company that I endorse out of Green Bay, uh, Jasper okay. Guitars. Okay. So we're starting a, uh, a video series there where I, I talk a lot about the approaches that I'm using and the way I think about it. The, the goal being to help others who maybe have taken a stab at slide and given up right away because it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of those, if you're, if you're a guitar player and if you've been playing for a while, it can be very frustrating to, to now I'm doing something that sounds bad and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, right. you know, it's pretty easy to just stop that. Right. Because, exactly. Right. So yeah, you don't want to sound bad. Yeah, no, not at all. Why don't you kind of, um, if you can tell us a little bit of how you got involved with them. Um, so yeah, the company, um, launched a couple of years ago and, uh, some friends of mine had, you know, told me that they're really cool guitars and you should check it out. And I hear that stuff all the time and I'm not mm -hmm. really a gearhead. I mean, I've got a ton of guitars, but, um, you know, for, for me, a guitar, I don't care what brand it is. If it works well for me and it sounds good, if it has that personality, I, I like it. So but some friends had told me about them and then uh, they asked if I would, you know, come up and evaluate one of their acoustic guitars, which was set up as uh, to sound like a resonator. And mm. it was just the way they pitched it was really interesting because it wasn't a resonator. So I went up and um, they actually uh, asked if they could, you know, record me playing and, and whatnot. And um, I had a great time with it. Uh, we did the bit with the acoustic resonator. Uh, and then he started handing me some of the other guitars. And one of them um, is a prototype of their current models. And I knew within three seconds that I was going to buy that guitar. It just felt alive in my hand. So just nice. so cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's this cool technology that they've got that actually allows the guitars to become resonators and they're not. And it's, there's carbon fiber involved and, and some crazy sort of technology. Um, but what it means is the guitars just have a ton of sustain and they are very even pitched, uh, very level and just a lot of fun to play. Wonderful. So that part of the reason that I switched up my approach uh, when I did is uh, when I got this guitar, I didn't want to approach it like I did with most of my slide guitars, which what a lot of us have done over the years is you put really, really heavy strings on and, and crank the action up to a ridiculous level so that right, you can, right. it's easier to play slide, but it makes it much, much harder to do anything else. Yeah. So I didn't want to take this really nice, fairly expensive guitar <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, ruin it for regular guitar playing by doing that. So I decided, well, I'm going to try to keep this set up like a regular guitar with regular gauge strings, regular action, and see if I can figure out you know, how to incorporate slide with it. And it ended up completely changing my approach um, like radically. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a fun, you know, fun couple of years working on that stuff. Excellent. Cool. Um, 
let's kind of talk about, uh, let's go back to performing live. Why don't you kind of tell us about uh, the kind of venues that we, I know you talked about some of the venues, but in Wisconsin, um, what are like your usual venues that you, you're performing at? Sure. Um, so the, the days of like the blues club are, are long gone, right? They're mm-hmm. just, isn't enough of a fan base or the fan base is sort of aged out um, and they're just not supporting the music that much. So there are live music venues that we play that, you know, there we can attract that, that blues audience to come out um, in Appleton. There's the Gibson musical. Um, we've got a show you know coming up there in a few weeks at the end of January. Uh, which is a great live music club. They have all kinds of of live music. They're uh, affiliated with the Mild Music uh, mm-hmm. Festival and, and all of those folks. Um, so there's an example. Um, there are a number of places um, that are like brew pubs that feature live music. Right. Um, some, you know, in surprising places. There's one in Mosinee, Wisconsin, which is sort of near Wausau in central Wisconsin, the Mosinee Brewing Company. And they get all kinds of great original and live acts um, in there. So that's uh, another place that we play from time to time. Um, still a few of those old-fashioned roadhouses, you know, that uh, I've been playing for years. We'll, we'll play those. Um, so a club down in Madison, uh, the Red Rooster, uh, we play down there. But definitely our schedule slows way down in, in the winter months. Yeah. Right. Um, when summer comes, you know, there's summer fest and this blues faster, that blues faster, you know, this community fest. there's definitely a lot more going on in the summer. Cool. Um, and then let's talk about the kind of in the same kind of umbrella local scene attitude. What kind of the, the positives that you have observed over the last decades sure um it is it is really a wonderful place to live especially if you are a blues musician so there's actually a pretty extensive and deep history of blues musicians in the state um and and with some fantastic musicians who are you know well recognized amongst their peers um and all of them have been really supportive and and you know not afraid to to take you under their wing and, and show you what they know yeah i i was raised on the other side of the state so i sort of uh you know cut my teeth on stage in eau claire wisconsin and uh there was a guitar player who actually owned a nightclub there uh, james solberg who uh he was in short stuff for a time and then he was well affiliated with luther allison and that's how i i met luther and we got connected um also over there there's a great guitar player dave rogers he owns dave's guitar shop most people know him from that he's got a amazing vintage guitar collection he's also a great guitar player uh howard ludke is a great guitar player over there and so that's kind of where i started and then you know as, as i moved over here and spent more time you know getting connected with others there's there's great guitar player from uh, Green Bay who lives down in Milwaukee now, Billy Flynn. Um, Billy's currently playing with the Fabulous Thunderbirds. Okay. And he's been on a million Chicago blues records and he's just an awesome guy and awesome guitar player. You've got all the Milwaukee guys, you know, from, from the 
older generation, like Jim Leibin. Um, I was lucky enough to play um, with, you know, a, a Kenny Arnold, who was the drummer for Short Stuff. I played with him for a long time. Okay. So there's just a, a lot of great musicians. Um, and and it, some of them have had, you know, quite a bit of success in the genre. So, you know, and you have, you know, like so my contemporaries, right? Reverend Raven, right? You know, Rick, yeah. a great guy. And, um, you know, all the, the Madison scene, which is a, a whole nother kind of scene, which is interesting. There's always been sort of a, maybe an iron curtain between Milwaukee and Madison. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite guitar players, uh, hugely influential on me and a lot of others was a guy named Paul Black, okay. who... Uh, Quit playing. He was on the House of Blues record label and promoted by Dan Aykroyd for a time. Uh, Paul's still with us, but he doesn't play anymore. Um, but just an amazing slide guitar, guitar player. One of the best in the countries. Oh, nice. Very nice. Um, yeah. yeah, the locals, it's great to have such a great local scene. Um, what are some of the struggles you've seen that you still feel are struggles and need, you know, some corrective surgery, basically? Yeah, I think the thing that I worry about most is the future of live music. Um, you know, you don't see a lot of people under 30 uh, going out to support live music. Not, not that there aren't some, there yeah. are, but I don't see enough to, you know, to fill venues like there used to be. And I don't know if that's just a, a reflection of the fact that we have so many entertainment options or, you know, it's easier to watch TikTok. Right, right. <laughs> just to, you know, go out and see live music. So that's the, the thing that I worry about most. No matter what style of music, certainly I've seen it in the blues and like some of the you know jazz shows I attend, but even the rock shows with the, you know, successful, you know, Wisconsin rock bands, that audience is in their forties and fifties. Yeah. And you know, that, that does tend to make me a little nervous. Um, you know, what'll happen 15 years from now, you know, I'm, I'm sure it won't impact me. You know, I'm, I'm getting up there, right. I crossed yeah. over the 50 line. So mm -hmm. 15 years from now, if there's no one coming to the shows, I probably won't care. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But I, I worry. You know, I worry about the future of live performance. Yeah, I I'm hoping that things will pick up once we're past this. Hopefully, sooner than later. Yeah, it, it comes at a you know a, a terrible time because I I think the trend was dipping down anyway. Yeah, and then a, a, a kind of an interesting interesting thing happened. The, this last summer, the summer of 2021, a lot of the bands, myself included, got really busy. I think everyone thought we were maybe nearing the end of the pandemic and mm -hmm. um, everyone perhaps overestimated the appetite for live entertainment because it had been gone for so long. So I know a lot of us played to rooms that were, you know, half full. And... Um, so as a reaction to that, I think, you know, the, the clubs backed off a bit, a little bit, you know, again. Yeah. So it's kind of swinging a little bit now with this current surge, which um, certainly is not good news for anyone. Um, yep. The future is uh, 
hard to predict. Always, always, always. We talked extensively about um, your recording project that you did, but um, and we you talked about your, the first song you started writing and finished. <laughs> but why don't we talk about a couple more that if you'd like to put on the podcast for people to hear? Sure, sure. Um, so there's there's a, there's a couple of different songs uh, on the latest CD, which is the Hold My Horses CD. All but two of the songs were recorded here in my basement. Uh, two of them were recorded at a studio uh, in Appleton at Rock Garden Studios, where I had done my previous albums. And um, they just came out of a, a session that we threw together uh, with uh, Jimmy Crimmins, uh, who's a guitar player from Green Bay. And we decided we would get together uh, and share a band and record two tracks for his album and two tracks for my album. Okay. And we used uh, my drummer and bass player. To do, and his keyboard player to do that. So uh, the title cut is a song called Hold My Horses. And that um, was recorded there in the studio. And that's you know, a pretty standard blues song. There's definitely uh, some fun guitar stuff going on as Jimmy and I trade solos back and forth towards the end. It gets a little ridiculous, cool. but uh, that's fun.
and then you know most most of the album is fairly you know traditional blues um there's you know there's different genres within blues subgenres and and I kind of touch on some of those the the one that maybe stands out the most um is a, a song that's definitely um definitely different than the rest of them and that it is you know more modern it's definitely edgier uh is especially lyrically um it's pretty dark <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh it's so it's it's uh, the emperor's new clothes is the name of that song and uh you know it it's partly political partly I'm not even sure what I wrote it about. It's one of those songs where it, it fell out of my head. Gotcha. And um, lyrically, I just knew I liked the lyrics. They were dark, but I'm not entirely sure what all of it means. Yeah. But, so. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So we 
armada traces, broken, starving faces. Carry your cross, the cross that carries you. Gigs that have made an impression on you. So, you know, gigs that you've either performed at or an audience member that, you know, just left a, a, a lifetime of, you know, inspiration or just, you know, grand thought. Sure. Um, so I can give you, I give you a, a negative one and a positive one. Okay. And the negative one turned into a positive. Um, so years ago, I was playing at a club in Appleton and I got into an altercation in sort of like an alley behind the bar. Um, and um, a couple of guys, you know, jumped me and it not Jeez. entirely sure how it ended up this way, but the third finger on my left hand wound up in the guy's mouth and he was trying to bite my finger off. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, and he had it like right at the first knuckle. So it was, it was a deep wound. Um, and it required stitches and, and luckily there was no nerve damage. However, at that point in my life, you know, there's no sick pay for musicians. So I have gigs and that's how I make a living at that time. So I thought, well, how on earth am I going to be able to play? I can't move my third finger on my left hand. That's the most important one. Right. Uh, well, that's the first time I really started playing slide guitar seriously. Ah, okay. So I just put the slide over the finger and then I didn't have to bend it. 
And that actually led to, you know, a whole uh, important part of what I did for years. And now it's my primary thing. So had that not happened, I don't know if I ever would have, uh, you know, taken slide guitar that seriously. So that's the negative one that kind of turned positive. Um, the other one um, uh, I'll share. So I was in the audience for this. So um, I had a house gig at a club in Appleton. Um, it was called uh, Mill Creek at the time. And we played there every Tuesday night. And there was a young singer songwriter who um, we knew, and he was quite a bit younger than us. Uh, in fact, he wasn't old enough to, to be in the bar, but we kind of snuck him in. Um, and it was Corey Chisel. So, um, you know, most of the Wisconsin folks probably familiar with who Corey is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I do. So, um, we, uh, we, we asked Corey if he would like to play a song while we, you know, when we were on break and he, he said, sure, he'd be happy to do that. So, you know, this is a, a bar that's filled with, I don't know, 70 to 80 people on a Tuesday night. Most of those people are, you know, the music is great, but they're not there for the music. So they're all yapping and talking and it's noisy. Yeah. Um, Corey sits down with his guitar and starts playing a song and singing. And suddenly like 30 seconds in, I realized that the entire bar shut up. Everybody stopped talking and turn to watch him and they yeah. stayed silent for the entire song it's one of the most amazing things i've ever seen um you know and you almost have to be a musician who's been playing in bars forever to understand you know how rare and magical that was yeah. but yeah just just electric and amazing the kind of thing you think you would see staged in a movie but never happens in real life so yeah i hear you yeah those are rare occasions. And when they do, you're lucky either to be the, the performer or, or the audience member, because it's so special. Yeah. For that one, I would, I I'm, I'm so happy that I was in the audience and not on stage because I got to really feel the magic. It, it, it's like the air changed. It was something else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Work life balance. Are you able to deal with that really well? Or is it a struggle lifelong, you know, improvement? Um, well, I'm, I'm lucky and cursed in that I'm one of those people who likes to stay very busy. So I've always had a lot of irons in the fire and a lot of things that I do. I'm also lucky that, um, my day job is a great job. Um, I work at a, a technical college here in Wisconsin, in Appleton, the Fox Valley Technical College. I'm the director of innovation. Okay. So, um, my background is you know, software engineering, computers, programming, whatnot. And I have a team, um, where we spend a lot of time building uh, technology for the sake of learning. So these days, that's a lot of fun. We do things with virtual reality and augmented reality, um, and we get to work on really cool, innovative projects. So the other benefit of that is I have the ability to work from home. Um, nice. So that is, that is you know, a, a wonderful thing for anyone who is you know, seeking a better work-life balance is, you know, working from home definitely makes that uh, a little bit easier to do. It's interesting thing with, with our group, when we did go remote and started working from home, our productivity went way up. Uh, and that <laughs> might have to do with just, you know, 
less meetings, you know, less structured things. You can roll out of bed and start working before you have to get dressed up for work. You right, know? right, right. Um, so yeah, I, uh, a lot of the same, you know, skills you use as a musician, you, you actually end up using in the technology world as well. So kind of some interesting parallels there. I, yeah. I know a lot of uh, musicians who work in the computer industry. Very cool. And then the last thing basically is, you know, who are you listening to right now? Who, you know, who are inspiring you, you these days? Um, yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk guitar wise. Cause that's always yeah. going to be my, my prior. I'm a guitar player first before I'm anything. So everyone is you know probably very familiar with a slide guitar player named Derek trucks, uh, from yep. Fideshi trucks. He, he continues to get uh, more and more amazing every year. Um, his technique is flawless. His soul is his restraint, his musicality, just, just phenomenal. Um, there is another guitar player who plays slide that everybody should listen to. His name is AJ Gent, G-H-E-N-T. Um, when he plays guitar, you would swear you're listening to Mariah Carey singing or, or Whitney Houston. Okay. He has the most vocal gospel influenced guitar you'll ever hear. And it comes from a tradition of steel guitar players and slide guitar players uh, from the church. So his father was a pastor and steel guitar player and had that same style, uh, Aubrey Gent. And I believe his grandfather as well. So AJ Gant, everyone should go out and find him. He's all over Instagram and YouTube. Just uh, absolutely amazing. And uh, it's a very, very difficult technique to do. Uh, it re requires just incredible accuracy. And it's, it's awe-inspiring. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, is there any questions I didn't ask you that you'd want to talk about before we end this? Um, the, um, probably maybe the only thing if, if we could talk a little bit about the, the whammy award. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about that. How, um, how did that come around and kind of tell us the experience? Yeah. So it, it was, it was great to, to, to win the whammy. Um, the whammy awards this year, you know, were postponed for a year. Right. Uh, so uh, we won for blues artist um, of the year. We were also nominated for album of the year, which is interesting because that was two albums ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, that album was, you know, recorded like in 2018. Okay. It would have been strange to win the, the whammy award for that in 2021. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, nice to be recognized and, you know, that certainly doesn't hurt in, in terms of our promo kit and, and that kind of thing. Um, the, I was in the band that won blues, blues artist of the year, the previous year. Okay. Uh, I was playing with the Jay Edward band, um, Jay okay. Edwards, a harmonica player. Um, and so it definitely is nice to, to get that, uh, recognition. There's a lot of, you know, really well-deserving musicians and blues bands in yes. the state. So absolutely. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, were you at the award show or were you home and just heard it? I was at home cooking because I, I honestly uh, had no expectation of winning whatsoever. So um, that's one of the other things I picked up during the pandemic is uh, a love and passion for cooking food and um, managed to, you know, definitely increase the quality of what I eat uh, while getting much healthier. Um, 
So I was at home cooking and uh, my agent called and said, Hey, you're here. Uh, Greg Koch is going to auction off your award if I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, by all means, go accept it for me. So, cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, I think that's all I have for you. So thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Ah, thank you for having me. It was great to talk with you. Same here. Another great interview there. I just love talking with all these great musicians here in Wisconsin. I hope you enjoy listening to their stories and their music. So go check Jay out. Uh, his website is Jay Stulo, J-A-Y-S-T-U-L-O, jaystulo.com. And on there, you can listen to all his music. Uh, you can read about his bio, uh, shows that he is going to be um, performing at. Um, looks like looking at his website right now, he's going to be at uh, the Dairyland Kings on Wednesday, June 8th at 7 p.m. in Kaukauna, Wisconsin. Then Thursday, June 16th at 6 p.m. Uh, opening for Alternate 5 Blues Band at uh, Ledgestone Vineyards in Leafland, Wisconsin. And then Friday, June 17th, uh, again, the Jay Studio Band at Northern at Northwoods Blues Festival in Chippewa Falls. Uh, and you guys can just go to the, his website. He's got gigs lined up um june a uh, couple few some in july and august and, and a few in september so go to his website jstudo.com and go check out i also put up a video on instagram and tiktok talking about uh, something very cool coming up in a couple weeks so stay tuned for that it has to do a little bit with bringing back the friday music showcase so when that gets all solidified, I will let everybody know. So have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you again next time. Enjoy live music and support our great musicians, businesses, and organizations. <laughs>